Judges 7, Gideon defeats the Midianites. Early in the morning, Jerubbaal, that is Gideon, and all his men camped at the spring of Harod. The camp uh, of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Moreh. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men for me to deliver Midian into their hands, in order that Israel may not boast against me that her own strength has saved her, Announce now to the people, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left, while 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water and I will sift them for you there. If I say, this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, Separate those who lap the water with their tongues like a dog from those who kneel down to drink. Three hundred men lapped with their hands to their mouth. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, With the three hundred men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the other men go, each to his own place. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites to their tents, but kept the 300, who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. Now the camp of Midian lay below him in the valley. During the night, the Lord said to Gideon, Get up, go down against the camp, because I am going to give it into your hands. If you're afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura, and I will listen and listen to what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Pura, his servant, went down to the outposts of the camp. The Midianites, the Amalekites, and all the other eastern peoples had settled in the valley, thick as locusts. Their camels could, not, could be no more counted than the sand on the seashore. Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, This can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped God. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, Get up! The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. Divide the 300 men into three companies. Sorry, dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. <clears throat> Watch me, he told them. Follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, then from all around the camp blow yours and shout, for the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they had changed the guard. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. The three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars, grasping the torches in their left hands and holding in their right hands the trumpets they were to blow. They shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon! While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. When the 300 trumpets sounded, 
the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. The army fled to Beth Shittah, towards Zerara, to Zer as far as the border of Abel Mohala near, near Tabath. Israelites from Naphtali, Asher, and all Manasseh were called out, and they pursued the Midianites. Gideon sent, me sent messengers throughout the hill country of Ephraim, saying, Come down, down against the Midianites and seize the waters of the Jordan ahead of them as far as Beth Barah. So all the men of Ephraim were called out, and they took the waters of the Jordan as far as Beth Barah. They also captured two of the Midianite leaders, Oreb and Zeb. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb, and Zeb at the winepress of Zeb. They pursued the Midianites and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon, who was by the Jordan. <coughs> this is the word of the Lord. Thanks, my employer had a plant called the Shiplera arboronicola, a common name dwarf umbrella tree, planting on the wall plants. And taking care of them, it grows fast and tall that I have to prune them occasionally. Uh, if the plants could talk, they would complain me, to me why I have to keep pruning them. You know, as their gardener, it's my responsibility to look them better, matching the sizes of the other plants. And this was taken uh, last week, and I had to cut some of the top plants to replant them, and also collected some tree bags of unwanted branches. And uh, as I pruned them, I noticed that some of the branches become bigger and uh, stronger, which produce uh, new branches and leaves. I have found out that the plants of those on the branches have some roots, and those roots are attaching to the other soil. But actually, I thought this was good. But when I, you know, over a period of time, why the, why the plants are dying? Because I found out that the, uh, because of the root, are keep pulling it down. The mother, the main roots are pulling up, so the plant is dying. Oh, and that is uh, when I realized, you know, I cut them right away. And so that uh, uh, some of those, I could save some of those plants, you know. But it's not too late for me then. Uh, what I did to those is that... Uh, uh, I need to cut them, but as uh, you can see that those uh, small plants, I can some trim of them and it could replant it. And sometimes even the, the leaves, you can still even uh, plant of those. In our scripture to region today, uh, we could notice that God's power has been displayed through uh, trimming the number of Gideon's army, in spite of the outnumbered soldiers and without swords to fight. After Gideon was fully satisfied that he was the chosen, through a sign in making the wool please. Uh, wet while the ground was dry, and this happened and vice versa. Now it was, uh, um, it was God's turn to have to prove to him right through his eyes and to the Israelites how God will rescue them in spite of their disobedience and uh, turning their faith into idols like the new branches root that pulling away the main roots of the plants. Remember the uh, cycles of the book of Judges? You know, uh, the... They, are, uh, they have uh, evil, they have sins in the eyes of God, and then um, God punishes them. They cried out to God. God raised a judge, and they delivered, and peace came into the land. And keep going around in the circle. And this is my sharing to you. I have two points to share. One is that more than enough, and the second one is the sufficiently enough. You know, the Amalekites accompanied Midianites, and the Eastern people would raise the heartland of the Northern Kingdom, particularly in the tribe of Manasseh, 
during the harvest time each year. You know, the, according here, the Midianites have been settled in the valley as thick as locusts. The camels could no more be counted than the sand on the uh, seashore. Now, it was God's turn to act to prove to him right through his eyes and to the Israelites how God will rescue them in spite of their disobedience. And here we can see here that the, uh, um, they have, no, the Bible had no specific numbers how many of those um, Midianites. But uh, some Bible biblical scholars said it's 135,000. Uh, but it's not impossible to count them. You know, the soldiers compared to them as locusts, while the camels are uh, compared to sun. And they became uh, extremely dangerous with oppression by ruining their crops and livestock. No wonder they remembered to cry out to God for help. And this was happened uh, for seven years. You know, if this will keep going on and on without food supply, you know, the people would starve. And Gideon has to trust that his divine calling was from God to lead Israel and uh, free them from oppressions. Yet God has told him that his joint troop of 32,000 soldiers were too large from their combined forces of the tribe of Asher, the Sebulun, and Naphtali, and of course from Manasseh. And, uh, and uh, he was already outnumbered with the 135 uh, Midianites with a ratio of 4 is to 1. Yet God has instructed to cut his numbers with these uh, fearful uh, men. You know, uh, Gideon was uh, asked to say to his troop, if they were afraid, you know, that you could leave and go home now. You know, the Bible was uh, silent about what's going on with the thoughts of Gideon. But these are only my personal opinion. If you may please allow me to share with you. You know, upon hearing, definitely Gideon would confirm, Are you sure, Lord? Did you know I should encourage them and not to discourage? Didn't you know that? Yes. I'm aware of that, Gideon. So he has no choice, you know. So he did spoke with a soft voice you know, to leave those who were afraid to fight. And he was surprised to see about 70% of his troop had to leave that to fight, making it 22,000 sleeping. Oh no, what I have done! Actually, I'm just kidding, saying loudly and grumbling to himself. He can't stop them now. He was scared to fight too, pointing to himself. But I must listen to obey the God's instructions more than what I desire. Ayah. Now I'm down to 10,000 soldiers. Okay, Lord. Now I can use these 10,000 brave warriors to fight with me against these Midianites. At least, still not had they were ready to die as true warriors to support me against these enemies rather than seeing those 20,000 people soldiers who were chicken. You know, those uh, sheep, you know, mostly were farmers and shepherds to fight. It will be a challenge, so large number expected to back up. You know, before Gideon could uh, open his mouth to encourage the 10,000 soldiers, all right, 10,000, God has spoken to him again, saying, you got still too many. Are you serious, Lord? Not again. We were already down to 13 into 1. Certainly, Gideon, you don't need such big numbers. God knew beforehand that they could boast and accept the glory for their achievements. So he has to cut before making it happen. With confusions, Gideon has brought them 
to the river as instructed. Bring your men to drink and separate those who lack the water, their tongues as a dog, from those who will kneel down to drink. You know, the heat of the day made them thirsty. So he noticed that half of his troops weren't qualified to join in the battle and were speedily increasing. You know, he said to himself, Lord, enough now, please. I have noticed that those who drink like a dog were more competent than the one using their hands were more afraid because thinking someone would attack them. Rather than those who were kneeling down, you maybe using their tongue to drink because they could not see all around. Enough now, my Lord. I'm getting down to hundreds. The Lord has responded, just a little bit more, Gideon. Trust me. But I don't understand. I'm down to 300 men. 9,600, 700 soldiers had to leave. We're fighting against 450 into one. That's correct, Gideon. With the 300 men that love, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let the others go home. Go up. Go down against the camp because I'm going to give it into your hands. God knew Gideon so well and reassures of his doubt and fear. If you are still afraid of what I'm doing, go down to the camp and you will be encouraged. All right, sure. So he did went and was encouraged by the interpretations of the love of bread saying, God has given the Bidjanites and the whole camp into his camp. Faith is trusting to obey God even when you don't understand his plan. Gideon's troops of 31,700, almost 99.99% from 32,000 men had to go because the battle is for the Lord and not on their power. The 300 men have been purified. Not they were the best of the best, but the weakest. What can we learn from this story of Gideon? You know, life is beautiful when things are in place. The moment things are against us, life becomes harder that affects our whole being. We become so stressful that our minds and thoughts become negative. The more you resist, the deeper the pain it brings. You may say to yourself, please, Lord, have mercy. Enough is enough now, my Lord. Sometimes he may let it go things that we love so dearly. And the list could go on and on. Life seems hard to focus, to move along because our fear is contagious that lead from one issue to the next. Now, if we can think of with on a larger scale, our possessions belong to him. We are only steward of everything we have. He has the rightful ownership to give and to take it away. Will he not give it again? Sometimes yes, and many times. He did not. You know, we're so attached like a magnet to what we have that it's hard to let it go. You know, it's releasing. We still like to stay with. And so hard to take it away from us. Will God banish from our presence? Absolutely not. Can he use you when you are broken? Definitely, yes. 
God wants all the glory belongs to Him. So what to stop you from glorifying our Lord if He said He would? Surely it is easy to serve when we are plentiful, but the difficult when we have nothing. If we are matured enough, we can. Who stop you from serving and having a grateful heart? Nobody. God can use you for His great cause, even on the place where you don't want to be. He has a great designer. He created you the way He created nobody else because you are uniquely designed and one of a kind. Everything you own is from God. What makes you special is your faith in Him, whatever it may cost. Ours to obey and to glorify Him in good time as well in bad time. And that is what God requires because He will do the rest to accomplish His will in your life and around you. Ah, finally, Gideon began to understand the God of Israel which melted his heart to bow down and worship Him in the midst of the surrounding enemies. You know, in our, the midst of our enemies, those who bothered you, we could bow down and worship Him that you haven't done before as we cried out to God. You know, God may cut and pull you apart, but you will never be left empty because it is only then can He push His power when we empty ourselves. Actually, it's only the beginning of what He can do the best for you and through you, at you, even at your grave situations, because no one can separate us from the love of God, isn't it? It is not about us anymore, but of God. I, actually, I was counting this, uh, how many times God said to Gideon that he would save them, including his confirmations. It's about seven times. In fact, I found this a very inter interesting assessment. You know, in uh, chapter six, 6, verse 14, God, Gideon asked to save Israel from Midianites, and then in chap chapter 7, 300 men, God saved them from Midians. And in verse 14, if you still doubt, God has given the Midianites come. And of course, G Gideon is uh, still doubtful, and he needs some confirmation. He asked that for tw three, two times, and yet God proved to him and confirmed to him twice also that he is the one. But be very interesting in this verse too. I cannot deliver Midian because there are too many. And you may boast. You know, who called Gideon in the first place? Where was he when he first called him? He was afraid. He was hiding. But the Lord said to him, Mighty warrior, come out from our closet and let God's powerful grace work in you. When we are ready, you know, when we are ready, When you become a Christian, when you decided to become a Christian, then sometimes God has to trim us again in order to realize that we are mighty Christians. Sometimes we don't see it that way. Since I love God the Lord, I decided these things fall apart. You know, when you felt at that bottom, stand up and cheer up because you are not alone. Hindi ka nag-iisa. Huwag kang mangulay, pay, pay, kapatid sa Panginoon. You are in the company of the great warrior, the servant of the living God. 
As the Apostle John said, you have already win, uh, won the victory over those people because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And this will lead to my uh, next point of sufficiently enough. I believe after he fully surrendered to God, it covers away all his doubts and fears. The Spirit of the Lord has led him away to use the trumpets, the jars, and the torches along with his 300 purified men. They have uh, no swords, no camels, but it was sufficiently enough in the strength of the Lord because he knew the battle was for the Lord and not on military weapons, which they don't have anyway. Gideon questions and excuses had been answered and met. Now was the time to obey without further delay to act what the Lord has required of him. He will use what were available to fight against the strong army and didn't dare to doubt God. Nor he didn't ask God anymore about the trumpets, the empty jars, and the torches. Suku na siya. Surrender na. You know, he already surrendered to God. There's no more word to say. You know, in the middle of the night, surrounded the camp of the Midianites, they blew the 300 sounding trumpets as they changed guards and most people were asleep. You know, I brought uh, with me the trumpets. And this is the, our modern trumpet and uh, a torch. So, so when they play this one, a sword for Gideon! A sword for Gideon and for the Lord! A sword for Gideon and for the Lord! Normally, one trumpet for each camp. But this time, they heard 300 trumpets all at the same time. It brought confusions, panic, and surprise thinking of massive armies attacking them. The sound of smashing empty jars created shock sounds like hundreds of, uh, mass of the swords uh, being raised in unison as they shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. While the torches on their left hands brought light and dismissed the enemy, that they killed one after another. Even the leaders who have escaped were killed with the help of the Ephraimites. Just as the Lord has told him from the beginning, no casualties no have been recorded, and they easily won the battle. Gideon argued that he was the youngest, his family was the smallest, his clan was the least wealthy, 300 soldiers and his weapons were like a joke. With all of this, it was sufficiently enough to win the battle because God that continually uses the weak, the youngest, the least, the foolishness of this world, or the most insignificant to accomplish His purposes. The key is our willingness to obey, and Gideon did. After all, the Midianite wasn't a threat to Gideon, for there is nothing impossible with God. In Proverbs 3.5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. God could handle well our weaknesses, but He doesn't tolerate when we fall into sins and bargaining our faith in worshiping Baal. 
No, Baal is something we place before God. Our career, our pride, and so on. When the Israelites were in a mess, only then they remembered to call unto God on their last resorts. Not to ask for forgiveness, but to rescue and deliver them. God did it anyway because He loves them and He was faithful to His covenants. The time of judgment has come to the enemies of the Israelites and crushes them unprepared. Jesus, on the other hand, had lived among us, taking the form of a servant. He was pruned on every angle of His majesty and His glory for our own behalf. He prayed for the cup of suffering would be removed. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Yes, even that on the cross, he remained faithful. And three days later, he rose from the dead and conquered death. Hallelujah. God knows his time to three us too, and nobody is exempted. It's for our own good. His timing is perfect and for our best benefits. God never mistakes and knows exactly what we are capable of. You and I are uniquely designed, created in His image, and pruning our life is part of it. He isn't done with us yet. His power doesn't make Him belittle in our weaknesses. He supplies grace what we need. Never make our own life, you know, never make our faith like a cheap bargain along the road. Wala tawad. Wala kuripot. Todo na lahat sa Diyos. You know, we don't, you know, we, we like to, to buy something cheap along the road. And we keep bargaining. But we are not bargaining against God. We need to pull. Use all our faith. We may or may not have the answers right away. Or perhaps aren't able to see the answers while on earth. But in the long run, God Himself will reveal it unto us on the next life. Ours is to learn to trust Him. When you are down, value it. Take good care of it. Actually, we all came from ashes. What glory we could have in the sight of God if we will just unashes ourselves. I remember my life, um, year 2011, I was serving in a church uh, for 18 years. It's a little small church in uh, Hong Kong, in Wan Chai. And the pastor there was a new, and he steered the church. And it did make very bad. Um, we have about these numbers, and the numbers keep dropping down. I'm still there to support. But uh, when she tried to hit me down and giving me uh, disciplinary actions that mean to say I cannot do everything what I'm doing. And she got extended for another three years of time. I don't like to waste my time. Um, I just left. For 14 months, I was waited and waited. Instead of keep praying to God, I made myself foolish. But the Lord met me, you know. When I went to one church, I heard a powerful message that's really speaking to me. I said, Lord, okay, I'll come back to you after 14 months. 
But I, I, I also attended St. Andrew's Church, and they have so many keep volunteering, volunteering there. I said, okay, I'll be going to St. Andrew's Church, I will volunteer there. And that was the 2013. I saw the Home for You, there's a less than 10 there. I said, Lord, I will volunteer myself, and I will help this Home for You. Yeah. Not long ago, I became one of the leaders. And then, as I said earlier, uh, all those equip courses and all these theological courses in Mongko, I just keep uh, finishing all of those things. And I was so many ministries in St. Andrew's Church, in youth, in mass, sun, Thursday night, in Sunday nights, and all of the listeners, I just keep saying yes, yes. And 2014, a new pastor of the church called me and said to me, please come back. I'll give to you whatever you have, and you will position in a ha- next to me. I know because all my favorite that I love doing, it has been cut out to me. And I was so sad. I don't know if I, at that time if I will be sad or what. But, you know, to be honest, I cannot go back. I was crying before what I lost, and yet God has uh, prepared me to some bigger. And all this theological course that I have received, and I see the love of God way, way beyond. I thought I was doing in, more than enough already in those charts for 18 years. And yet, it opened my door about this, the, all these script courses, all these theological courses. I've seen, I've seen myself like a rug. And, and I cannot go back because of the ministry. And I'm standing right here. It's a proof of what God has done to me. And I'm preaching here right now. And not only here, to Yunlong, to Taipo, but many places. You know, sometimes in our life, we felt so pain, we cried so much. But actually, when it's returned, you don't want it anymore. Because God has placed you to a much bigger, which we don't understand. Rabbi Sakara said, if God takes something that you really want, God is protecting you to something what He really wants in your life. If God didn't block all these steps, I won't be here today. Because when he was 17, he wanted to commit suicides. You know, subtraction is sometimes important in life so that we could add faith in Jesus to lean on. Without faith, it is impossible to believe. We don't want to listen to the sermons about weaknesses. But this story was written for our best interest. If we knew only what would happen, the blessing ahead of time, we would handle the pain much better with less complaint. We may also forget to depend on God and rely with our own resources. It is true that we have our moments of doubts and uncertainties like what we is presently happening in Hong Kong of all these extraditions, bill protests. Yet we could continue to rely and to pray. But at the end of the day, it's not about us anymore, but the will of God in Hong Kong. God's plan is the best. Romans 8.28 says, it's for our own good. God has His reason and purpose ours to pray and to put our trust in Him. Think of your personal life. 
Is it worthy what we are craving so much spending of our time and energy? It wasn't about with your 32,000 details of achievements, nor it wasn't about with your 10,000 material possessions. Let them go. God knows we don't need of them. With the 0.01% is more than enough and sufficiently enough to shout and praise Him as we trust in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Like a triumphant, joyful sound, though we are like an empty and broken jar, He will put us back into pieces and use us so that He will fulfill us of His power whatever left on our side. We could be a shining light from those who are living in darkness. Do you, do you felt God is pruning, pruning you into pieces today? Cheer up. God is at work within you. The best is yet to come. Sometimes He actually makes us weak to help us to serve others better. What an amazing grace we had in Christ. Like Gideon, you and I will be able to witness immensely of God's powerful display so that he could, would, he could come closer and we could have a deeper relationship in Him. What are your excuses for not trusting our, and obeying our Lord Jesus Christ? May that will be done in your life. And uh, Reverend Lucas asked me earlier, how did I do that, this message? Well, I work as a driver. So, in fact, while I'm driving, I'm thinking. While my boss is doing their business or stuff, I stay in my car, I was writing and reading and writing. But I'm not concerned about this theological or this. I've already presented to you. I'm more concerned is about you, how this message is impacting to your life. And that's what I wanted you to, to remain. God make us witness. Don't make your life cheap. Don't devalue it. Value when you are down. It's for our own good.